Hello, everyone, and welcome to Will Chats, an opportunity to connect, listen, and learn even more from our Will Talks speakers. Now, for those of you listening for the first time, Will Talks is a unique speaking event that invites everyday folks to share vulnerably about what they're currently learning, coming up against, and ultimately one thing they know for sure. It's a wild and powerful night of development and conversation that we would love to see you at soon. Today, we're sitting down with one of our Will Talk speakers from our most recent session to share a little more on her Will Talk experience. Friends, please welcome to the chat, Katie Conway. Michael, what a treat. What a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Did you know um, growing up that you're funny? Ooh, that's a great question. Um... Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, I did, to be honest, yeah. (laughs) So do you remember, and folks, I'm saying that because one of the big surprises in getting to know Katie is just how funny that she is, and I hope you hear that as we talk today. Do you remember, like, the first time you thought you were funny, or you knew you were funny? Ooh. First time, memories. That's a great question. I just feel like I've always had it, you know? Yeah. Like, my intro to my will talk was I'm Candid Katie, and I just think I have no filter, so I always say what's on my mind. Yeah. So, like, growing up, I would just, maybe it's, like, run, lots of run-on sentences, but I would just always um, say what was ever on my mind. And as I got older, it made a lot of people laugh. So Well, I, I think that's true, and I think, you know what, it's beyond just um, being someone that speaks their mind, because there can be people that speak their mind, and they're total, like... Mm-hmm. Part of my language, assholes. Um, but but you do it in such a way that's inviting and funny mm-hmm. and invites people to the conversation. Anyway, I wanted to start there because um, even the way you introduce yourself is filled with humor, and I, and I really, really like that. So um, we are here today to talk a little bit more about your Will Talks experience. So why don't we start there? Um, I want to know, you know, it's the course of about three months of time to really mm-hmm. get the, your Will Talks experience and get your Will Talk written. Um what was the experience like? What were some of the emotions? What were some of the learnings of actually doing a Will Talk? Great question. Uh, first thing that's coming up for me when you ask that is it was a healing process for me uh, because I had just walked away from that relationship that I, I talked about that evening. Um, so I found it very therapeutic, if I'm being honest, because mm. I'd come home at the end of the night and I knew that I was working towards this will talk, so I would work through what I wanted to share and then format it in that way. I think I like filled a whole journal full of my will talk and then cut and edited all of my ideas. Um, but yeah, I'd say in one word, it was very therapeutic. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Katie's will talks was a themed will talks on love. Um, so you talked a lot about love and a lot about um, a very important relationship that ended in your life. And so, yeah, I can understand that this is a really therapeutic experience. And um, what did you, why is it therapeutic for you? Hmm. Therapeutic in the sense that I was, I was like very reflective. So I was really trying to process all of those feelings that I knew I had felt and then wanting to like what, what I wanted to share with everyone. So it was like, it was a constant reminder of why I walked away from that relationship and a reflection on those moments in my life that led me to my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, How long before Will Talks did you break up with this person? So the end of July. Okay, so we were in November. Yes. So, so still fairly fresh. Okay, big courageous heart to do that, that's mm-hmm. for sure. So, okay, we've kind of learned a little bit about, but can you go into a little bit more detail as to what your Will Talk on Love was actually about? You bet. 
My will talk was about not listening to my life. And when I say not listening to my life, I like titled it, listen to my life. And when I wasn't listening to my life, what I was referring to was the, my gut feeling. So I was in this constant battle between what my heart was telling me and what my thoughts were telling me. Um, but I knew deep down that my gut knew the answer. Um, and with regard to your relationship. Yes, okay. with my relationship. Yeah. And so I think, too, a big thing that I spoke about is living in this comfort zone. And I was very comfortable. I was in a loving relationship. I saw a future with my partner at one time. Um, and then I kind of, as, I, as we grew together in our four-year-long relationship... I went after like my career goals and really shifted into that. Um, and I still felt supported in my relationship, but there were things that started to show up that I was like, is this, I started to have self doubt in the relationship, wondering if this was it. Um, but it was comfortable. So it took me a long time to actually hone into what my gut was trying to tell me. Mm, okay. So in short, it'd be listening to that gut feeling mm-hmm. and how challenging that can actually be when you're with someone that at one point, yes, like you said, you, you see yourself with them forever. And then you get to a point where, you're, where forever is seems exhausting. Totally. Uh, and then you go, have to go through the very difficult process of listening to your instinct. That's yes. saying, this is not it anymore for me. Totally. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, great summary. Um, and we have a lot to cover today from, uh, from the audience feedback and that kind of thing. Because what I really loved about your talk, and I mentioned it off the top, is how authentic you were on stage and how you allowed humor, like we mentioned, <laughs> to create an atmosphere that really welcomed in the Will Talks audience. I think that was really successful Thank you. in your Will Talk. Um, when you first started this process of Will Talks, did you really consider yourself a speaker? And how did you manage to be... Well, either way, so whether you consider yourself a speaker or not, how on the night of Will Talks did you manage to be so you in a room full of people? Great question. So first thing is, I fun fact, I had this big fear and this limiting belief that I was not a public speaker. And so in the past eight months of my life, I kept sitting in rooms and sitting in meetings and I'd see these people hold themselves so big in a room and be so inspiring with their words. And I had this limiting belief that that could never be me. Um, and so then when the casting happened for Will Talks, I saw your Instagram post and I, I literally thought you were in a room with me when you were on camera you were like, if you're like sitting in a room and you're having butterflies and you're shaking and you're nervous, this is your time to shine. You need to step up on the stage. And I had to look around, like I had to look over my shoulders a couple times because I was like, is he in the room? Like, <laughs> this is my call to action. Yeah. So did not consider myself a public speaker. And that was mostly because of this self-doubt and this limiting belief. Fast forward six months, worked through all the things with what I needed to do in regards to listening to my life, walked away from that relationship and anxiety lifted off my shoulders. And I saw your post and I said, all right, we're doing it. We're looking fear in the eyes and we're going to sign ourselves up for this and mm. share boldly. Amazing. So then to answer your second question about how I felt that night, mm-hmm. I just had to be on my, my own hype girl. It was mm-hmm. literally, I remember before, right before I got up there, I was like, okay, just give them Candid Katie and the rest will all fall into place. That's right. And mm-hmm. you certainly did that. You certainly did that. Yeah. And you, never again can you say you're not a public speaker because if you do it once, if you've spoken in public once, then you are someone who speaks publicly. 
There it is. I have the bug. You have the bug. You have the bug. Okay, folks, if you didn't attend our last Will Talk session, Will Talks 3, audience members are given post-it notes and pens to write down thoughts, ideas, and questions that they might have while watching our speakers share. Afterwards, they have the opportunity to provide those thoughts, ideas, and questions to us, which in turn creates the content of this podcast. So Katie, uh, when I was looking over the notes from the audience for you, there is a lot of praise before we dig into the questions themselves. So let's float your boat a little, shall we? So, okay. Uh, Katie, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your, and then the hour of your is put in brackets, very creative, whoever, (laughs) story. So obviously striking uh, a chord with people that really resonated with what you were sharing. Um, whoops, that's, a, I, I put live that lie. That's not true. Uh, it was supposed to say live that life. Um, so this person said live that life. It's great to know you left something, not because it was wrong, but because it isn't right anymore. Good feedback on what they took away lesson wise. Katie, you are authentic and amazing. Thank you for speaking from a place of I and being so vulnerable for you are so brave to break free from your thoughts and listen to your gut, fearless. Mm. And finally, I'm left with the concept of stepping into action, clearing out the noise, and following my gut. So hearing all of that, Katie, what does it make you think? What does it make you feel to hear that feedback? Well, being a words of affirmation girl, I'm just I'm trying, trying to hold back the tears that this is very special. And another thing that really resonated for me in that is the word fearless. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I wrote down my word of the year would be fearless. And it's so interesting that throughout the first, I'd say, seven months of the year, I wasn't living into that. And then seeing that come full circle mm-hmm. and me living into that word of being fearless. And it appearing and right it here that, for you. Yeah, I've got some goosebumps. Yeah, you set that intention. And, I, you know, intentions don't always come right away. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes a while to find the courage to live up and into the intentions you set and it's interesting where it's showing up right like I think in the beginning of the year if you would have asked me why I wrote fearless it would have been about my career like living fearlessly into going after where I wanted to be not ever would I have said that was going to be about my relationship that's right that's right (laughs) will talks magic right there okay So lots more compliments in there. Uh, I kind of synthesized a few of them. I'm going to give you all of the notes to read on your own. Let's get into some of the questions that were left uh, by our audience. So the first one is um, pretty, well, not simple necessarily, but they want to know how are you going to take this learning, this Mm -hmm. of of your gut, listening to your gut, how are you going to take that forward? Good one. I would say... Just always honing in, honing into that gut feeling, knowing that, again, I think this was my closing line, but that if I ever had any self-doubt or I was unsure of an answer, I just had to look within, and that sounds easier said than done, Um, but I just think really honing into that and knowing, like, I know what I want, and I know the right decision for me. So just, again, as, as I said, just honing into that gut feeling. Yeah. Whether it's through journaling again or, you know, not living in my thoughts, but knowing that I have all the answers I need within me. I love that. And is there any area in your life where you're less likely to listen to your gut still? Ooh. 
Not right now, no. Clear. Okay. Not right now. Um, All right. The next um, person with this new skip in your step. um, Oh, you know what? I might have doubled up here, but they also wanted to know how you're going to... I think this really resonated with a lot of folks. They want to know how you're going to take this lesson forward, probably for them to begin this lesson. So maybe I'm going to switch it up here just a little bit. How, How do you know what your gut is telling you? Like, what are the sensations? So if people, if someone's listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. and they're like, listen to your gut, what does that really mean? For me, and what I spoke about in my will talk was just areas of my life that it showed up. So that the physical anxiety that I was expressing. um, And I think I've always been a very self-aware person. So it's always just, I think it's just being aware of the feelings that you're having, if you have repetitive thoughts, if things keep circling back or you're, you're still thinking about what you're feeling often, you know, talk to people in your corner, journal it out. Okay. Yeah. Journal it out. I'm just rediscovering journaling right now and how uh, powerful of an exercise that is for you to, for me, it's to process my thoughts in my day. I'm someone who can carry around a lot. So I love the, the suggestion of you know, use your journal as a place to put things down and then look back at what you've put down. See what's coming up. I remember a distinctive moment you talked about um, of how you discovered that your relationship might be uh, something you want to pay attention to because it kept coming up in your journal. And I, and I uh, take that with me and I think that's good advice for everyone. Okay, do you feel like you're ever going to fall back into that doubt cycle? Someone wants to know that. I would say no. I think I've come to a, a place in my life where I, tr- I truly know who I am now. And I think that I have all of the coping methods that I need and knowing like that was a great learning for myself and knowing that if I'm ever doubting myself again, um, I know how to help myself. So I would say no. I'm gonna, that's a powerful no. That's a powerful no. Okay. <laughs> this one's an interesting one. Um, And I can't remember if it was based on content in your talk or not, but do you think we can use our friends and family as our therapist or does it have to be a non-biased therapist? That's a great question. I did a little bit of both. I was a bit of a hybrid. So I was living in my head for a long time, so I didn't tell anyone in my corner. And then my first step was to have a non-biased therapist just to tell her everything. Yep. And then it was throughout the like year and a half of living in my head and myself doubt that I would kind of lean into my friends and family and ask probing questions about my relationship and what was normal or had you experienced this before. Um, so I think on, like it depends on the person, but I would say non-biased might help you get to your answer without the, you know, the ideas and the, um, the word I'm looking for. Well, the well, biases from your yeah. what they know of your partner, right? Yeah, of course. When you're dealing with your family or mm-hmm. friends that are close to your social circles with your partner, um, they it, it is not unbiased, and it can't be. And mm-hmm. people want you know other people get invested in cool. you with that person, right? So I would, I mean, if uh, they asked you, yeah. uh, and if I were to to put in my two senses, is get 
an unbiased opinion, especially mm-hmm. with your own mental wellness or mental well-being. It, mm-hmm. I'm such an advocate for therapy, even for the most minuscule things, even for totally. checkup variety things, you know, a daily physical with the doctor or it's not daily, whew, uh, but you know, um, whatever that is, yearly physical, I, I go to the therapist uh, at least once a quarter. That's my goal. So yeah. That's my commitment to myself. And I don't really even need to go all the time. And sometimes I'll push it just a little bit. But um, I think that is a really good piece yeah. is, to, is to take your advice, get the therapist's advice. And then after the breakup, you know, bitch with your friends. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think, too, you can lean into your friends as well because then there is an element of them holding you accountable, too, being like, hey, you've talked to me about this before. So I think it's important to seek an unbiased opinion, but also, like, hone in and listen to what your friends are telling you as I, well. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, here's the final question. I thought it was a really good one. What is your gut telling you right now? That I made the best decision in my life. Yeah. Tell me more. I think I touched on this earlier, but it's insane what has happened for me and what doors have opened and just the possibility that has come into my life since I walked away from that relationship. Um, I no longer experience anxiety like I did and not to say that that it won't come back, um, but I just feel like anything is possible and I'm more clear on who I am as a person and yeah, best decision. I love to hear that. I think so many people that are hearing this are going to resonate with that and be inspired that you had the courage Mm -hmm. to, you know, end the thing that wasn't right anymore to go after something, to go after yourself, essentially, to really pursue who you are. Okay. I always like to end our will chats with a question. And that is that from this experience, this will talks experience, if there was a piece of wisdom that you could give someone else who might be thinking about doing a will talk, of being so vulnerable and themselves like you in front of a crowd, what might that wisdom be? Share boldly, I would say. And what does share boldly mean? There's something to be said about opening up, being vulnerable, sharing your experiences. I think we have so much to learn from each other and for me, it was, I was really proud of myself walking away from that evening, knowing that one, I was looking a big fear of mine in the eyes and opening up and telling everyone about this obstacle I had overcome in my life. Um, and then the positive feedback I got at the end of the night saying so much gratitude for my share. And, you know, that really resonated with me and maybe it wasn't about love, but in other areas of my life where I do need to listen to my gut. Um, so I would say, by sharing boldly, you're opening the doors for others to also be inspired to share yeah. their stories. Yeah, when you do share boldly, you kick down the doors that block us from connecting to each other, from connecting to each other's stories. You kind of put light on the shadows of life that we might be afraid of or afraid to talk to people of. I personally looked around that audience um, for Will Talks 3, all about love, when people were sharing. There were tears. There was laughter. Uh, people are jamming out to some Spanish singing. <laughs> like, there was everything that night. And um, I think that's such good wisdom. So listen up, folks <laughs> out there, future Will Talkers. Okay, Katie. Well, this brings us to the end. I want to thank you so much. And it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Will Talks Hall of Fame. And I'm so happy that you decided to do this. Thank you.
Thank you so much. For everyone else, my name is Michael Lorsch, and this has been Will Chats. If you want to learn more about Will Talks or are interested in becoming a speaker yourself, please visit www.willtalks.ca. Until next time, friends. <laughs>